This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, everybody, to the Go247 podcast. I'm Glenn West, your senior writer here at the site. Uh, we got a, a little bit of a doubleheader for you, or a tripleheader, I should say. We welcome in uh, Dylan Sanders, our contributing writer, Uh and, uh, of course, the, the lead man himself, Sonny Ship, our, our recruiting guru, our fo- L- everything LSU football. Uh, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into some LSU-Tennessee thoughts here in a minute. But before we get started, uh, just wanted to remind you guys to always hit that like button on the YouTube videos. Always subscribe on YouTube and Spotify and Apple, just wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, every little bit helps with us as we try to grow this thing out. So thanks so much for your support. Um, but with that, guys, uh, we got a top 25 matchup for the first time in Brian Kelly's uh, tenure here. Uh, the Tigers will be taking on the number eight Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, LSU comes in ranked number 25 in the country after a 21-17 win over Auburn. Uh, that game we've pretty much well covered. Uh, it was a, a messy but really cool win for LSU to get on the road in a really tough environment, but uh, now we're going to have to settle in for some morning football here. Um, I guess we can start with you, Sonny. What are some of your early thoughts here on this matchup with Tennessee? Well, uh, you know, we've been waiting for that. Uh, you know, I guess I guess Mississippi State was a big game feel to yeah. the Tiger Stadium. You know, that had a big game feel to it. But I think that this is really going to, you know, like I mentioned to the Tennessee site, that, you know, LSU fans, they're going to get cranked up early. You know, they're going to start boozing about 5, 5.30 in the morning. So they're going to hit that. They're going to hit that lull once they get into the stadium in the early part. So if the game is close at halftime and coming out in the third quarter, I think that's when Tiger Stadium will really erupt, and you'll really kind of start to feel that, you know, that the crowd and the atmosphere and everything really come alive. But uh, I think it's going to be a, uh, you know, I mentioned this in the uh, in our predictions for our preview that. You know, I'm with Vegas. I think it's good. I think this, I think you're looking at a high scoring affair. You know, I think Tennessee's offense coming in, obviously, uh, you know, ranked number one in the country in total offense. Hasn't faced a defense uh, like LSU's ranked number 19 in the country in total defense. It did play Pitt, which I think is I, I think when I looked it up, I think Pitt was like 31 or something. So, you know, it's, it's a respectable defense. But outside outside of that, you know, they haven't really played, you know, anyone with a pulse. Even Florida's in the hundreds. Um, Akron and Ball State, not much better. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this Tennessee offense, is it as efficient 
Does it click on all cylinders like it has all year? You have to think that Matt House is going to come up with some plans like he did against Mississippi State. And I think that that's going to be the key. That's going to be the key is coming up with some things to where LSU is able to get a, a rush with a four-man front so they can keep a linebacker back or whoever they're going to spy on Hendon Hooker. Because if, they have, if they're having to send five consistently to get pressure, then that's going to make it tough for them to be able to have five DBs and then have someone just spying on Hooker. So, uh, you know, for me, that's the biggest key going into the game is LSU has to affect the quarterback in the same manner that it did against Mississippi State. I think they sacked Will Rogers four times if I'm not mistaken, got numerous other hurries on him, but they really affected the timing. And, and, and I think that's what they have to do in this one, because Tennessee, while, while it's a, uh, you know, it's similar in some ways and that it's a lot on, it, it, it's predicated a lot on timing and get rid of the ball quick, but they do it a lot more vertically. They attack yeah. the field, they stretch the field a lot more. And so, um, you know, coming up with a plan to where they can affect the quarterback in that same manner, without having to sell out the defense, uh, to me, that's going to be the biggest key for LSU. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we can stick with the uh, with the offense here, with Tennessee's offense and just what LSU needs to do defensively. Um, you know, I think for me, one of the biggest things, um, communication is going to have to be much improved from last week. You know, we saw some of those coverage busts in the secondary. Uh, you'd hope that, a, you know, a second week for Joe Fusha running with the ones will help with that. Um, you know, I think Jarek Bernard-Converse has done – more than enough to, to, to be a reliable piece at safety if that's where you truly need him. But I, I have a feeling LSU would like to get him back to corner here sooner than later. So um, at any time you can, uh, can get that you know con continuous communication back up uh, for, for, for LSU uh, in terms of getting Fuchsia up to speed and um, all those guys in the back half, you know, Greg Brooks, uh, Kobe Richardson, uh, Makai Gardner, um, all those guys are going to need to really, really play well. Jay Ward, I didn't mention Jay Ward, who's been probably the most consistent for him all season. But, um, yeah, I mean, when you're when you're going to be chasing around Hendon Hooker for 60 minutes or for however long you're out on the field, I mean, you, you're going to have to have some pretty solid secondary play because he's not an easy guy to get on the ground. And I think that's one of the big things that I'm kind of taking away from this is you have to be able to not only get pressure on Hooker, um, but make sure that you're bringing him to the ground as much as possible. And if you're not making him, if you're not bringing him to the ground, make sure you're in his face at least when he's throwing the ball. So you got to make life on him as tough as possible. Um, you know, this is going to be a really balanced offense. You know, I think you know I was talking with some Tennessee guys yesterday, and you know they've really liked to establish the run in this game. Um, you know, I think that's going to be a goal for Tennessee is to really test LSU's front seven and, and see if they can open up some holes in the middle of their defense. Um, so I, I, I'm going to be looking at a lot of things, you know, in terms of stopping this, slowing down this offense. But I, I guess, Dylan, for you, what are, what are some of your thoughts on just what LSU's defense needs to do to come away with some success here? Yeah, I mean, you just look at Tennessee and it is it's a it's a wholly unique experience. They're number one in points scored and pretty much uh, their top five in every possible offensive category, but they are bottom 10 in time of possession. So they're going to come after you. It's going to be a test of the, the, the touted, highly touted LSU conditioning that we've seen so far this year. They haven't gotten tired. They, uh, they've, they've played with, they've played consistently. They've, they've stayed in it. Uh, it's going to be a whole new beast because it's not going to be about how long they're out that are out on there. It's about 
honestly, they kind of need to stay out there. They need to make them work for it. They, you know, they can't give them 30, 30 points in, uh, in 20 minutes time of possession. Cause I think Tennessee's averaging like 25 minutes, which is just crazy to think about this, or this offense. They don't care about, they don't need to be out there long. They're going to score quickly. So just making it, making it hard, uh, Hendon Hooker is one of the best deep ball throwers in the in, in the country. They they make big plays, and that's kind of what killed LSU in the first half against Auburn. So maybe that helps them out. Maybe they they found a leak in the defense that they that, that they adjusted. Uh, they kind of to me just need to keep this at least close until halftime. If they can keep it close until halftime, they have a really good shot because. The uh, the adjustments that we've seen from Matt House this year have been incredible in every facet, game plan, personnel. Uh, he's done everything to put all of the players in the best position to succeed. Um, and, and the second, the team in the second half has been great. It's about getting that start in the in the first half, maybe getting a defensive score, forcing uh, Hendon Hooker to to turn the ball over because he doesn't do it a lot, but he's not he's not. Uh, it's not impossible to to force a turnover against him. He's done it throughout his career. So LSU just uh, needs to to take that that um, momentum uh, being the top team in the SEC in forcing turnovers and uh, make Tennessee more uncomfortable than they have been all year uh, with easily the biggest challenge they faced all year. Yeah, I mean, I think you bring up some great uh, points about the conditioning level. I think that's something that I'm really going to be looking at because, you know, you're not going to be able to sub in and out this 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 weekend. I mean, we've talked with Coach Kelly about it. He's told us a number of times, like, you're, you're, we're just going to have to really be uh, physically ready for this challenge in terms of, you know, moving offense and, and in terms of them getting the ball off really quickly uh, between plays. It's going to be really important um, for LSU to really – be in that pristine condition because they're just not going to have the time to get guys on and off the field uh, in between these plays. So um, it, that's going to be very important. Uh, Sonny, were there any final thoughts maybe you had on the defense or do you think we should be ready to move on to, to some offensive uh, talk here? <laughs> no, I think, you know, um, I think Matt House has earned the, uh, has earned the, uh, has earned the right to go of going into this game of thinking that, okay, you know, he's going to come out with a good plan right here. Right. Because, you know, I think that if you go back and you look at Mississippi State, that that was his first big test as far as facing an unconventional, you know, an unconventional attack, not a pro set like he, like he played against uh, Florida State. And he came out, and I think he really just just everybody was like, "Wow, you know, where's this been? Where did this come from?" And I, that's totally what I expect him to do on uh, on Saturday against Tennessee. You know, I think they came out against Auburn, and, and and you didn't see as much movement. I think they were able to play a little more conventional uh, with what they thought Auburn was going to do early on. Granted, you know, Auburn did the opposite and came out throwing the ball with Robbie Ashford. But I, I think Tennessee is going to come out and Tennessee is just going to do what they've done, you know, try to do what they've done all year. And that, you know, starting fast, uh, Brian Kelly talks about starting fast on offense, yeah. which is going to be a big key. But starting fast on defense is to not getting down 17 points like you did 
against Auburn, not giving up the – I think it was just under uh, just under 90 yards on that opening drive against Mississippi State with the big plays that led to that score. Yeah. You know, you, you can't get down early. You don't want to get down early. You want to come out and you want to start fast on defense too. You start fast on defense, you're going to get that crowd into the game. Then when the offense gets back out on the field, they can kind of feed off of that momentum. So, uh, you know, for me, I, I, I think that – I think I predicted this is going to be a high scoring game. You know, I, I think it's going to hit the, I think it's going to hit the over at the over under was at 64 last I checked last night. And, you know, to, that's not a knock on LSU's defense because I think LSU's defense is going to play well at times, but I think the frenetic pace that Tennessee plays at is just going to create some opportunities to where some of those chunk plays are going to do what they've done all year for Tennessee. I mean, you go back and you look at the passing touchdown at the, at the receivers I mean, they've all got like a 35, you know, over a 35-yard touchdown reception this year, yeah. it seems like. And so, you know, LSU's offense is just going to have to be able to match that. And I think that they're going to come out, and I think, I think that they're going to match it in one way or another. And, you know, to do that, they're going to have to throw the ball. They're going to have to throw the ball more than they did against Auburn. That's been talked about all week. And, you know, if Jaden Daniels, Daniels isn't able to get that going early on, I really think that you're going to see Brian Kelly turn to Garrett Nussmeyer to see if he can give them a spark. Uh, that's why I put in my prediction that Jaden Daniels gave uh, Garrett Nussmeyer in the Tiger passing game. You know, you hope that Daniels comes out and that Daniels gets you off to that good start. You know, is throwing the ball down, pushing the ball downfield at the same time using his legs because I think that coming out that what you want, you know, Tennessee is going to expect LSU to try to get that passing game going early on. So I think that's going to create some early opportunities for Jaden Daniels to really hurt them with his legs. You heard him with you heard him with your legs. Then you get Tennessee thinking like, okay, you know we've got to we, you know we've got to defend that part too. All of a sudden, it opens up some things in the passing game as well. So you know, but being able to get that passing game going is just going to be it's just going to be the key because you're not gonna you're not gonna rush your way or 200 yards through the air is not going to get you the 30 plus points you're going to need to win this game, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a great point there. I mean. The, the defense and the offense are going to have to be in locked unison in this game, just very much like the Mississippi State game that we talked about. They're going to have to really play off of one another and really uh, hope that the other one can have some success to, to not only uh, keep them off the field, but to, to make sure that LSU is, is, is getting a full complimentary game. Um, you know, just offensively, you know, I, I, I think this is going to be the most important signifier of, of what you're going to get with Jaden Daniels as your long-term quarterback. I mean, I think this game is going to be absolutely huge for him in terms of, okay, what can we expect from this guy for the rest of the season? Uh, what can we uh, expect from this passing offense for the rest of the season? Because if they come out and they don't look or they look similar to what they were like last week, um, LSU could find themselves in a position where they're down three scores very early. Um, and, you know, you can't bank on coming back from that against a team like Tennessee. You really have to be uh, in, you know, in your keys. You got to be really, really efficient as an offense. Um, you know, we've heard all week, you know, about how aggressive LSU is going to be this weekend, how they're going to take their shots, how they're uh, really planning for, uh, you know, this secondary that honestly they can take advantage of if they hit their if they hit their shots. You know, if they can if they can get over the top of sec of Tennessee's secondary, there should be some open lanes there for some really big plays for LSU's offense through the air. And I think that's going to be a, a huge, huge key for Daniels to not only recognize it, but for the receivers to stay engaged. 
Uh, you could tell last week the body language was not great as the game progressed. I think the receivers are going to have to certainly kind of dump that and, and be a little bit more, uh, you know, just, just engaged in the game overall. Um, you know, you hope that that players meeting they had on uh, on Monday can really help them in that regard in terms of building that trust and building that on-field chemistry a little bit more. Um, you know, we don't know what was said behind closed doors, but you, know, you just hope that it looks better on the field than it did last week because 85 passing yards isn't going to cut it against Tennessee. So um, I guess, Dylan, you know, what are, what are your thoughts here on, on LSU's offense and what they need to do uh, to have some success against Tennessee's defense? Because it does sound like Sonny said there are going to be some opportunities here. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast yeah i think the most frustrating part of this season uh in the offense so far is that it's never been a question of talent everyone knows that the players can do it the players know that they can do it um daniels has a great deep ball like We've seen it throughout his career. And I am interested to see because his best games come in the biggest moments throughout his career. Um, You know, he knocked off Justin Herbert's Oregon team out of the playoffs. Like whenever it comes time to step up, he usually does. Like he's not afraid of the limelight, but it's been, it's been a tough season and it's a two, it's a two way street because last week his, Throws weren't perfect, and the receivers didn't help him at all. Like the receivers didn't come down with the ball, uh, didn't come come down with the ball, which is obviously what Daniels is afraid of and afraid of turnovers. So he just abandoned it, and they abandoned the passing game all in all. So it needs to be a, a group effort of getting everything ready. And um, I really do think that they're going to come out firing. Uh, I, it would not surprise me if the first play from scrimmage is a, is a deep ball to like Kayshawn or something or, or Brian Thomas. Uh, I, I think they want to get the offense going early and often, uh, try and build that confidence from the first from the first step. It'll be interesting to see what Denbrock has up his sleeve and uh, how how they how they how aggressive they want to get with it because they do very very openly want to get aggressive with the ball. Um, and I think that's just how you beat Tennessee. Tennessee's run defense is actually pretty good. Everyone talks about their defense being being awful. Their their run defense is actually pretty pretty stout. Um, 
And it's not something that you can expect to be able to lean on to give you all the yards that you need. Uh, Anthony Richardson had a pretty good day running, uh, running against him. Uh, that's not surprising. And Jaden is a better runner than Anthony Richardson. He's faster, more elusive. Uh, he's not as big, obviously. Uh, so there will be those players. Those plays will be there for the taking. Um, but I do think that they're going to come out and attack, and they have to yeah. uh, because they're not going to be able to score either And I, it, 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 without it. And I think that the, the magic number for LSU to win this game, uh, to get they need to get into the 30s on offense. I, I, I think that's pretty, pretty – pretty well known like that if they can get into th- get into the 30s on offense they have a pretty pretty good chance of winning this game yeah i mean i i think a couple things one of the things that i wrote in our uh, uh preview predictions piece was uh you got to get Kayshawn involved i mean like you you have a, a stud receiver here a, a first round pick um heading into the season and uh you know 11 catches for 97 yards through five games is not what we were expecting i think from from Kayshawn and uh, you know Kelly has uh, you know said that they've tried to get him involved a lot, um, but this is going to be the game where I think you really get to see if Jaden's going to be looking for him early, um, if they if they're going to be looking to to get him a couple catches or uh, you know uh, on on slant routes on just those the, the short passes first, just to maybe get his feet wet a little bit, um, because you know just in talking with the Tennessee guys, it does sound like. You know the game plan that Tennessee is expecting. Um, they, they're going to expect LSU to to kind of spread the field a little bit on them and and, and try to get the passing game going early uh, before the run game. So uh, I do think LSU is going to have a distinct advantage with the passing game. You know, kind of coming in Tennessee's you know pass defense is 128 out of 131 uh, possible out of 131 possible teams. So um, you know it's it's going to be important for 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 Kayshawn, for Malik for uh, Jack Besh for Brian Thomas for Jure Jenkins for all these guys to at least win their one-on-one matchups and give Daniels a couple of different options you know throughout the course of this game early because they're going to need to move the sticks they're going to need to to keep the ball moving they're going to need to keep the clock running um, and it's going to be important I think for all those guys uh, to really have a strong day physically and mentally against this Tennessee um, defense um Sonny, were there any final thoughts maybe you had? You get you gave us a nice little monologue there uh, to kind of open us up. But, I mean, is there anything maybe from the run game or from what you want to see from Denbrock and how they're using these guys, uh, anything in particular that you want to see? Personnel-wise, you just want to get your best 11 on the field and you yeah. want to figure out, okay, what is that best 11 combination? Is um, you know, And I think your biggest question that you have that you have to, to look at is – you know, is Mason Taylor a uh, you know is Mason Taylor a better option than you know than getting Jack Besh on the field some in that capacity? I'm not saying that Taylor needs to be off the field, you know, all the time by any means. But you know, I think you have to look for ways to try to get number eighty involved. And when you look at you know when you look at Taylor getting was it eleven targets at Auburn? 
Yeah. When you look at Taylor getting that many targets, you know, I think you have to look at that and you have to say, okay, is there, are there opportunities to get best some targets in there without yeah. being, without being predictable? And, you know, I, I think you have to look at that from a self scouting perspective. Your analysts have to look at that. You know, you, you've got to try to figure out ways to get that best 11 on the field. You got to figure out who that best 11 is. You got to figure out who, you know, you've, you've got a deep wide receiver room. But, you know, we've seen some receivers not be used through, you know, through long periods of games. Um, you know, is your best three Malik Neighbors, Kayshawn Booty, and Brian Thomas? Or is it Jeray Jenkins? Or, you know, now with Chris Hilton out, that leaves another person down. So just figuring out who those best 11 are. You know, figuring out who your best five offensive linemen are now that everyone's back. Is it Miles Frazier or is it Anthony Bradford at right guard? Um, you know, I don't think that's something that you that you go into this game saying, OK, that's a no brainer right there. You know, and, and so just figuring out those combinations and getting those best 11 on the field, I think is going to be key for the offense. I think defensively, I think Matt House seems to have a pretty good grasp on that. Uh, you know, I think the biggest question on that side is going to be, OK, what do you do at linebacker? You know, do you come with your guys who you consider more of your run stopper, you know, your run stoppers, Greg Penn or Michael and uh, and uh, Greg Penn and uh, oh man, his name escaped me. Mike, Mike Jones. Mike Jones, Mike Jones Jr. Yeah. <laughs> or do you come with your guys that you trust more in pass coverage, Michael Baskerville and Harold Perkins? Uh, you know, when you think about a spy on Hendon Hooker. I mean, Harold Perkins, I mean, seems, yeah. seems like as good as it gets, yeah. you know. And, and, and so you've got those things that you've got to, that you've got to figure out. And you want to have that figured out before you go into the game. You don't want to have to make those adjustments and lose at halftime and lose 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so, so for me, those are going to be those are going to be keys. But like like you guys, you know, I, I think that this is going to be a, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think the LSU defense is going to have its stops, but I just think the Tennessee big plays is gonna is is going to uh, you know is going to be a lot for that defense to overcome and just that frenetic pace that I mentioned before. Offensively, I think LSU is going to score points. They have to score points. It's either going to be with Jaden Daniels or it's going to be with Garrett Nussmeyer. But I think the passing game is going to open up. It has to. If it doesn't open up against this defense right here, then. Man, this takes you back into that 2000, what, 2011 season, yeah. <laughs> you know, 2008, when you start thinking about some of the, you know, some of the years where LSU really had major quarterback issues. But yeah. I really think it's going to open up. I just think that the I just think that, you know, that with this one right here, Tennessee's offense just scares me with the with the pace that they play at playing in the sun in Tiger Stadium during the day, although the heat's not expected to be a big factor. Playing in that sun all day is going to be a little bit different, and um, you know I, I I like the I'm with Vegas. I like the balls 34-31. I hope I'm wrong on that, mm -hmm. uh, you know. But that's just the feeling that I have going into this one is just seeing you know whether you know can that LSU offense you know really you know get score into the deep 30s that it would take. You know, can they get that much offense going? That's my biggest question, I guess. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw it over to you in a minute, Dylan, for your prediction. I just have a couple of, of final thoughts, and then I'll give my own prediction here. But, um, you know, just a, a little bit of an injury report, I guess, to, to kind of close things out uh, a little bit as well. Just Garrett Dellinger sounds like he's going to be ready to go. They've got this really uh, – I mean, just kind of the way Kelly explained it, scientific-looking cast on him now. They've got it to where he feels just right with that hand. 
Uh, so he's going to be good to go in the starting offensive line rotation. We mentioned Chris Hilton. He looks like he's out for the year with some shoulder injury. He had shoulder surgery yesterday. Um, so, you know, he's, he's uh, you know, wish him a speedy recovery back. Uh, Coach Kelly also gave a little bit more of an updated timeline on Mason Smith. Uh, it looks like his injury is going to be a six- to nine-month recovery, which would also put him out uh, for spring ball next year. Uh, which is just, you know, I mean, really unfortunate news for, for Mason and for LSU. But, um, you know, that that's looking like it's going to be the timeline for him. Um, you know, just some some final thoughts from me. Um, you know, I was kind of, you know, I, I wouldn't say taken aback, but just really, um, I guess, a little bit surprised in the, the, the kind of the, the demeanor that Coach Kelly gave off on Thursday. You know, he was relaxed. Um, you know, in his final press conference, if you go back and watch it, uh, you know, he was having some fun. He was joking around. He was, uh, you know, trying to do his best, you know, I guess BK jokes in whatever way possible. But um, I, I, I kind of came in thinking he was going to be a little bit more stoic and kind of to the point, you know, with his Thursday presser. But they're embracing this challenge. I mean, you could tell just by the way he was talking yesterday. LSU thinks it's a he called it a privilege to be able to play in these kind of games in the SEC. Uh, that's why he came here to play you know, top 10, top 15, top five opponents on a weekend, week out basis. And he's going to get that first opportunity this weekend. And so uh, it's something that he's really, I think, relayed to the players this week. Just don't take these opportunities for granted. You know, make sure that we're executing, make sure that we're, um, you know, uh, doing the right things and executing our game plan. But, uh, you know, also have fun and and make this a, a really fun game. Uh, for 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 to play in to to watch you know to to be a part of and you know I think this is you know one of those games that could absolutely be a culture setter here if you look back in three four five years hey what was the start of the Brian Kelly era well that game against Tennessee in year one where the LSU came back from down ten points or put up forty five on Tennessee and was able to knock off the top ten team you know like I think that kind of stuff is is only going to help you if you if you come out and play the right way on Saturday um, with that being said I'm kind of in Sonny's boat I think it's going to be a high scoring game but I do think the Tennessee's offense is maybe just a little bit too much uh, for LSU to keep up with um, I had this in the 35 30 range um, for Tennessee um, that was what I put in our predictions and you know I just think you know it's it's really going to come down to can LSU's offense uh, keep up with Tennessee's offense. And because, you know, just like Sonny said, Tennessee's going to get their shots. They're going to get their points up. I think the defense is still going to have a, a solid day. Um, you know, I think if LSU really wants a chance in this one, they're going to have to win the turnover battle, uh, maybe come away with a couple unexpected giveaways from Tennessee, who's been very good in that department this year. Um, so I think that's going to be probably my – what I'm looking for most is can LSU come away with some of those big unexpected plays and can they execute on offense and be a little bit more consistent in the passing game? Um, with that, I'll, I'll hand it over to Dylan and give, uh, to give his prediction. I mean, I feel like the, uh, the, the offense has not been great, but also there's still a top 30 offense and like in scoring scoring offense in the country and that's been against they've placed they've played four top 50 defenses uh in in the country so far um and most of them in that 35 ish range 
Um, and they, they can they they have scored points and it's looked ugly, but they've done it. And now they're playing a defense that uh, I'll let you know right now, it's not anywhere near the level of the defenses that they've faced. They have the opportunity to score points. Um, they have the talent to score points. They uh, the, the disparity on uh, between LSU's offense and Tennessee's defense is bigger than the than the disparity of Tennessee's offense and LSU's defense. So the opportunity is being given to them to win this game. They're playing at home. They're playing with really nothing to lose. They're playing uh, with uh, you know an opportunity to to prove themselves. So this is a team that's hungry. There, this is a team that is, is ready and wants the limelight. Um, and I think that they're going to come out and answer the, uh, answer the call. I have LSU 35, Tennessee 31 in this one. Tigers taking away a top 10 victory and Brian Kelly really making himself known. He is not, he's not just a, a laughing stock. He's a, he's a really good coach. He is a, he is the best coach in this game. And uh, they're really going to make themselves known. I'm, I'm not making the same mistake I made against Mississippi State. I'm p- picking the Tigers to win this one. All right. Well, you know, uh, Dylan's the eternal optimist, I guess, out of the group. Um, you know, we, I guess we could touch on a couple of the other SEC games around the conference. Um, just from a pure matchup standpoint, I think LSU-Tennessee is going to be a really fun one to watch. But – uh, I, you know, you got Mississippi State, Arkansas this weekend. You got uh, Alabama, Texas A&M is going to be, I think, just for, you know, just for giggles, are going to be a really, really fun matchup just in terms of the all the offseason drama with Jimbo and Nick Saban and just how all that unfolded. Um, I, you know, I, I expect that to be a really, really fun matchup as well. Um, don't really have – I mean – you know, Missouri, Florida, I mean, Auburn, Georgia, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Kentucky. I think, you know, the middle of your day can certainly be spent, uh, you know, mowing the lawn, going, you know, out to the store or whatever, and then come back for a little bit of uh, A&M Alabama at the end of the day. But, um, you know, just uh, any thoughts from you guys on this week's slate of games? It certainly looks like LSU Tennessee is going to be a a really fun one, but uh, also uh, A&M and Alabama will be one that I'll be tuning into as well. It, uh, it definitely, you know, an interesting slate uh, to have LSU early, early in the day. But, um, you know, I don't know. It's Missouri, Florida is going to be some terrible football. Um, Arkansas, Mississippi state, uh, maybe another chance to strengthen uh, LSU's resume with uh, that Mississippi State uh, getting a team getting another win against you know a team that no one really knows. Every Arkansas this past these past couple of years have been really hyped and then not really lived up to it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. There's not a ton of really good football in the SEC this week. It'll be interesting to see what happens between you know Jimbo and Saban, just because you know that's the storyline. But with uh, Max Johnson now out for what could be the year with a hand injury, um, they have to to go back to what was not working with Hayden's King or uh, maybe Connor Wegman that uh, that five star. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in that front. But uh, I feel like the ship has sailed with with Jimbo and and Texas A and M. Yeah, I mean the they got the ninety five million dollar payout. They still got to pay Jimbo, and I know that 
there are a lot of A&M fans right now that are really restless about that and about just what the future looks like. Um, I know my my cousin's husband has been texting me in a, in a fury because he's a big A&M fan, uh, and he's, uh, he's certainly – been uh, a little bit adamant about the future of Tennessee or uh, the future of A&M so uh, that'll be a really fun one to watch um, you know I think we're, we'll, we'll probably get you guys out of here we'll be back with another reaction uh, to this game on Sunday um, but with that I mean you know he's Sonny's ship our, our 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 fearless leader Dylan Sanders our contributing writer I'm Glenn West and we'll certainly see you guys very soon okay picture this It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.